Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show. We've got some sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels as he was on the 33rdteam.com with uh, former Raiders quarterback and MVP Rich Gannon. Got a few sound bites from him. We got that coming up this hour. We have some cover three NFL news and notes coming up as well. But I want to get to some of these calls and texts that we have. We have plenty of good stuff at both 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, talking about sports in general and how they can help you get over whatever's going on in your life. And sometimes we have no idea. And as a matter of fact, uh, I could tell you off top, I got a text on my podcast that I uh, had on the podcast today about the Raiders. And this is actually from Big O Raider in the 559. He said, uh, you know, thanks for everything you do. I just want to send this message. I have a close friend that I consider my brother for many years that's battling some health issues. Just like me, he's a member of Raider Nation. Q, I'm politely asking Raider Nation to send out a prayer for my my compa, Joey Z. Listen to your podcast and show every day. I think it will lift his spirits. And so that was the point right there is just like, hey, listening to a podcast, listen to a radio show, lifts his spirits as he's going through health issues. And you would not believe and, and most people will probably think I'm lying to them or I'm trying to brag, and I'm not doing either. But you would not believe how many people I've met at the Al Davis Torch right there on the Coors Light Landing before a Raider game, right after we finished doing the pre-pre-show, that say, man, I listen to your show every day, you and Damon, and, man, you guys make me laugh, and, man, you have no idea I was going through this during this period of time, and you guys help me get through it every day. You, I would, If I had a dollar for every time someone tells me that, and, again, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that that's what you don't know what you're doing for someone. Like, you don't know that this show has that kind of impact or any show has this kind of impact or a game like we saw last night with Domingo Herman throwing that perfect uh, game. So you just never know what it is that's going to help someone get through whatever they're going through. But it's awesome that a game, sports, can help someone go through that. So uh, with that being said, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Lone Star State. Talk to my guy Tim in Texas. Welcome to the show, Tim. Hello. How y'all doing? All right. We're blessed. Um, I just I just remember uh, the 2000 season uh, when the Raiders uh, first started getting back good again. I had just broke up with my uh, longtime girlfriend that I had been with for like seven years. Uh, we had broke up right there uh, in the summertime, July. And uh, so I took that time out. And it was right before the Raiders started getting good again that 2000 season. Mm-hmm. Um, they was doing pretty good that year. Of course, I had a little extra money in my pocket, so I didn't have a girlfriend no more. So I flew down there to San Francisco and watched them uh, beat the 49ers in overtime when Tim Brown caught that winning touchdown in overtime. Yep. And uh, that was the uh, first time I had ever been to a, a Raiders game outside of just going to Denver to watch them play because it was close to the drive. And then um, 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 later on that season, uh, I went because I, I, I had never watched a, I had never watched a game inside the Oakland Coliseum before. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I still had a little bit more money in my pocket because I ain't got no girlfriend. <laughs> so I'll go down there to Oakland. Uh, I think it was, the, if I remember right, it was the last game. They beat Carolina. They beat the crap out of Carolina that last game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I'm just enjoying myself being free and being uh, – uh, but, but it helped me. And then I, I actually went back one more time and watched them play the Miami Dolphins in a playoff game, and, I, and they, they beat Miami, uh, the Dolphins, 27-0. to So – 
I got over that. I got over that breakup real fast, and it was because the Raiders finally, after after so many years, had finally had a a, a good season. And uh, I, I mean, I, by the time that that uh, season was over, with, I had forgot all about her. That's came right. Came back from the came back from the Dolphins game. Uh, met my wife. Uh, um, and been been married uh, for for twenty one years to her ever since. Nice, nice. Wow. There you go. Tim in Texas right there. That's awesome, man. I like that. Great call. That's fantastic, Devon. Yeah. That was great. And that girlfriend was expensive. Three games <laughs> in one season? <laughs> they all are, Devon. They all are. Let's not get that twisted. But, no, that's a hell of a story right that there. And look, helped him get over a, a bad breakup and then eventually leading to him meet his eventual wife, long-term wife, a long, long time. So that's awesome right there. That's a success story. And, man, I'll tell you, that's that almost sounds like, you know, when Mary J. Blige or Keisha Cole puts out a music, <laughs> you want them to put out music when they're hurt. Like, you don't really want them to be hurt because, you know, you don't want anybody to be hurt. But you know that they put out the hits when they're hurt, mm-hmm. right? So that sounded like, you know, Tim was going through it and the Raiders are winning. It's like, man, all right. So he got through it, got his wife, boom, all is good now. So there you go. Tim, thank you so much for that. That is a fantastic story. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray. He hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and you can chime in at any time of the show as well and said, gentlemen, fantastic topic for today's show. I've never cried over an athlete, but when Kobe passed away, I did. I was a diehard Kobe guy. I was blessed to watch him play live 14 times over the year when he played in Oakland. Where I'm going with this is that after COVID, after COVID, LeBron was able to get the Lakers a ring in 2020, the same year that Kobe passed away. When that happened, that helped me get through that rough patch with everything happening at home, with work, etc. I literally lost it and immediately thought of Kobe. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Sir Whiskey Ray. And I remember when that happened, for multiple reasons, I'll get into it in a little bit, but I remember after LeBron helped them win that ring that COVID year, I remember having Alicia Hernandez on the radio show, and I was still in Central Texas at that point, but I just knew how much it meant to Laker fans because it was so important after the loss of Kobe and and she was and she's been on our show many times here and I mean she was emotional as a, a LA person as a Laker you know fan and I know like Mama Q she's always said that Kobe's her other son so I know she was emotional when he uh, when he passed away and of course anytime that uh, Kobe's brought up and I remember I gave her a book the Kobe Bryant book not too long ago and she's reading that book and she's in tears right I mean it's just like that is that's a really good one right there and, and seeing I was happy I'm not a Laker fan but I was happy that the Lakers won because of Kobe and I knew how much it meant, how much it meant. I remember how emotional like LeBron was. That was all. Again, you don't want to say perfect because you don't want the loss of life, you know, for anybody. Kobe, his daughter, uh, obviously the the others that were on the the helicopter as well. But man, I mean, if if it could if it could be wrapped up any better, that was the way right there. Yeah, I think everyone remembers where they were. If if you Kobe meant anything to you, you remember where you were when Kobe passed. I remember yep. calling my father, and we were just you know he pulled over on the side of the road. I was in my car as well. It's just, can you believe this? So, man, that's a that's a big one there because I think that we all, you know, Kobe was just that guy for an entire generation. Yeah. Where even uh, people talk about the goat debate, you know, not talking about that, but just he was that dude. Yeah. For people for me growing up, yep. it was the Kobe's. The Kobe's. Those shoes are so popular. I I could just go on and on about just how great Kobe was. How many times did you ball up a ball or a ball up a piece of paper and throw it to the trash can and yell out what? Kobe. <laughs> Everybody did it. Day. Everybody did it. Kobe, I, and I, I could not tell you why people do that, 
but I know I've done it a million times. Like I have no idea why. I didn't. I don't go MJ. All the players that have played basketball, yeah. <laughs> right? Kobe's, you know, right? That would but, get you in so much trouble in school, right? Like, if you don't go throw that pet trash away, <laughs> I'll tell you this. And, and again, I have no problem admitting this. When Kobe passed, I was in Miami and. I was setting up for the Super Bowl. It was the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, which obviously the Kansas City Chiefs ended up winning that. So we're setting up, and we're getting our equipment. And, DeMond, you've done this with me now on Radio Row. You set up the equipment the day before. So we're there on Sunday because he passed away on a Sunday. We are there on Sunday. We're setting up. It's me, Craig Smoke, and Paul Catalina. We're setting up. And Craig doesn't do too much. Craig is one of those guys where he's more like supervisor, right? He just kind of stands around and lets you do the work and just says he's there. And normally that would make me mad. But that day, all of a sudden he said, hey, man, I don't know if this is real, but I think Kobe Bryant just passed away. And I was like, man, get the hell out of here. You know, because – and I'll tell you, I had plenty going on in my own mind at that time. But I was like, man, get out of here. And he's like, dude, I don't know. I don't know, but it's, I'm starting to see this on Twitter. So as, as we're setting up our equipment, he – was going through Twitter and all this, keeping up on whatever, and starting to get the information. And immediately I thought, like, oh, hell, I got I to gotta text my mom. Like, I can't let her find out from someone else. Like, he's related to us. He's not, right, at all. But I just know how much he meant to my mom. I was like, I've got to text her and just tell her just in case something comes out. So I was like, Mom, I don't know if this is true, but we're hearing that Kobe might have got into a helicopter accident and passed away. And so that was my communication, and I was like, but I'm trying to find out to confirm it. I'll let you know. Now, to take this story a step further, and this is really going to put a little hair on the back of your neck. My son, Kimani, had passed away four days ahead of time in a car accident, and he was – Kobe Bryant was his guy. He was his guy. Like, Kobe was his dude. So I talk about Kimani all the time and him passing away, and he passed away in 2020. He literally passed away on the 22nd. Kobe Bryant passed away on the 26th. And remember, he passed away on the 22nd on Thursday. I not only did my radio show that day, I did it on Friday. I also got into a plane and flew to Miami to go cover the Super Bowl that next week, knowing damn well that I had no business being there because I should be at home grieving. But instead, I was like, I can't, I can't let my mind get stuck on that because I'll be a wreck. Right. I mean, I'm a wreck just talking about it now. And it's like, I can't do that. I got to go and cover the Super Bowl. So I did. And then to find out that that happened to Kobe on Thursday, on Sunday, four days later, and that was his guy. It was like, I was like, what's next? Like, you know, what I mean, like this, this can't be happening. And so it all came together. So that Monday we're on Radio Row and we're talking we're talking about everyone. Nobody's talking about the Super Bowl. And you know how it is. You've been there now. So you have the experience. No, nobody's talking about the Super Bowl. Nobody's talking about subways. No one's talking about whatever they're trying to, you know, they, they try to sell us or, or whatever or, or sell to the audience. Everyone's talking about the passing of Kobe Bryant, right? And, and then, like, the whole conversation is like, could you imagine losing your family member that way? And I'm sitting here trying to keep it together like, yeah, yeah, I absolutely know, right? Like, you know, but it's nobody else's fault because they don't know. Like, I'm not – only people that know are the people that I work with and my mom who's listening to me try to battle through radio shows. But, again, going back to what sports do for you, that allowed me to get through something where if I had sat at home and done nothing, all I would have done is sat around and drank and probably drank myself into a stoop. You know, I've probably been a complete idiot. And who knows what would have happened. So knowing that I had the responsibility of going and doing these shows and talk and to have my head together – 
I was able to do it and pull it off. And I feel like that's like one of my better skills that I'm able to do that. But again, it comes back to the show. It comes back to podcast. Now, I did take a week off the podcast, but I did my radio shows, right? So it was just like, that's the kind of thing. And then so fast forward to his actual funeral, and I'm there, and I'm speaking, you know, at the funeral, and his, all his teammates are there, you know, his, his high school coaches are there and everything. He had, a, I mean, man, he had more people at his funeral than you, you, I could ever imagine, right? So uh, I only need like one or two, right? When I, whatever, whenever it's my time, it's like one or two people show up, I'm good. That's it. He had so many at his. And so at the end, I was like, so Kobe passes. So right now I can imagine it's Kimani, Kobe, and Jesus up in heaven playing a, a, a one-on-one-on-one game. Because you know how we used to do, right? We didn't have no teams. It was like you against me against him. I guarantee all three are hooping right now, and Kimani thinks he could beat all of them. <laughs> Kimani's like, Kobe, I know you're good, and Jesus, I know you're Jesus, but I got you. Because that's the confidence that that young man had. So it's like that all came together, and it's all, it all goes back to sports. And it even got a laugh out of people at the funeral when I said that because it's like, that's what anyone who knew him was like, yeah, that's, that's probably what he's doing, as a matter of fact. He's trying to get his hoop on against Kobe, and he's trying to get his hoop on against Jesus. Oh, man, dude, you're, you, you are such a strong man, because even listening to you tell that story, when you had the people say, hey, can you imagine why you're on Radio Row? <laughs> I, I, I put my hand in my head, like, wow. Yeah, I like, mean, it's, it's, it's... I'm getting emotional just hearing you <laughs> tell the story. I mean, this is your actual life, and I'm, and I'm getting, like, a little, you know, emotional just, just listening to you talk about it. I mean, it's, it's it's the it's the duty. It's in my opinion, it's my duty to to continue to, to talk and share the share, share the message of of my son and everything, and keep his his memory alive because that's that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's what I do. But it's just you know, again, sports helped me get through that. And so again, going back to even last night when when Domingo Herman throws that, and then all of a sudden he's you know the throws that perfect game, and then he's emotional. Uh, in that post game, and you know, you don't really know why he's emotional, and you can kind of hear his voice trend into being more emotional, more emotional, more emotional, and it comes out to the point where he just lost his uncle. You're like, damn. And so then at that moment, I'm really last night. I'm thinking, I know exactly how he feels, you know, and I know exactly the energy that he had when he got out there on the mound because you do get that tunnel vision where you don't see nothing side to side. It's just like boom. I'm I'm focused on what I have to do. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to do a hell of a job, and ain't nobody going to know that I got anything wrong with me. And then after the show, then I can try to figure out what to do next. But, you know what I mean? It's just like that's just what you do. And so, uh, yeah, man. And so that's why this subject really is a, is a fun one for me. Uh, obviously, that's not fun. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun one for me because I know I'm not the only one that has a testimony to share. And I know that Domingo Herman's not the only one. And you heard Vinny say he had just lost his, his brother in a car accident and then lost his dad in, with, to brain cancer. And, you know, we, Tim in Texas, he lost his girlfriend. And everything is – there's nothing that's more valuable or more, you know, tragic or whatever than the other. Everything is, 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 is bad times. But there's one thing that's in common – that helped everybody get through it, and that's sports. And that's why we're talking about it here on the show. 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword r Come on back with your calls and text. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 323 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Got cover three NFL news and notes coming up in a matter of minutes, but we've been really going on. Going in on this subject, I appreciate all the feedback we received on the WBroke.com text line and also the phone lines at 702-365-9200. You can chime in at any point of the show. And really, this is in response to what we saw from Domingo Herman for the New York Yankees throwing the 24th perfect game in uh, Major League Baseball history last night against the Oakland A's. Of course, 
my Oakland A's, but it's fine. No big deal. You know, hey, a perfect game is a perfect game. I don't care if you threw a perfect game against me, right? I mean, that's pretty fantastic. So I'm uh, not mad at that. Come to find out he had a backstory going on throughout the whole course of the game that nobody knew about. He had just lost his uncle. And so he channeled all his energy into that game. 27 batters came up to bat. 27 batters retired, right? Perfect game. They don't happen often. Four times in the history of the New York Yankees. 24 times of, in the history of the league. Pretty incredible. So the question I threw out there is, has there been a moment for you that sports, maybe it's Raiders football, maybe it's just sports in general, you either played it, you watched it, maybe someone that you, you, know, you know was playing it or something, where it helped you get through a really tough time. And we've had some great, great examples. And, of course, I just shared the, 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 the moment of, of my son passing away. And Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the dobebroke.com text line and said, Q, absolutely beautiful story on Kobe and your son. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for sharing. This is why I listen every day when I'm on vacation. Much love to you and to Mon. Uh, definitely appreciate you chiming in and listening to the show, Sir Whiskey Ray. Uh, thank you for you know, the, the comments on Kobe as well. Because that, that brought on my conversation about Kobe and, uh, and my son. Also, uh, Bayou Raiders said, I was at the Coliseum in 1990 when the Mariners' Brian Holman was one out from a perfect game against the A's. A's put in Ken Phelps to pinch hit, and he went yard. I was actually pissed, even as an A's fan. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing about it, and that's a good one. Thank you for that text. That's awesome. That's the thing about it, man. At some point, and Vinny brought up the, the Packers game when Brett Favre threw those touchdown passes uh, after his dad had passed away, and he torched the Raiders on Monday Night Football. As a Raider fan, I was sitting there. I was angry because the Raiders were getting worked, but I'm thinking – this is, this is amazing. This is a hell of a tribute right now to his dad, and you can see the emotion on Brett Favre's, um, you know, his, his, his face uh, and, and everything that was going through his body as he was having that kind of a game. And he's like, I went out here and played because that's what my dad would want. And, look, we could even take it to last year. If you think about Josh Jacobs, he played in that final game of the season. The Raiders weren't playing for anything. They were done, eliminated, finito. If he had said, you know what, my dad, my pops has got something going on medically back in Tulsa, I need to be with him. Nobody would have said anything to Josh. Nobody. But you know what he said after the game in the locker room that I stood right there and listened to him say? My pops would want me to play, so I'm out here playing. And so he did. He went out there and played. And it, was, it, it, it had to be tough. He said he was running on adrenaline. He really had no sleep, anything. But that's what guys do. They go out there and they, they, they channel whatever they do best to take them to that next level. That's what Josh Jacobs did as, as, as early as last season to end the game or end the season for the, uh, for the Raiders in 2022 uh, against, the, against the Chiefs. He went out there and played, and obviously he was rewarded with winning the rushing title, but he would have won it, I believe, without even rushing for any yards. I believe even if he didn't play in that game, he would have won. And I don't know the exact numbers, but it was, I know it was kind of close, but I think he would have won it even without going out there and playing. So, I mean, it's, like I said, nobody would have even said anything if he hadn't gone out there and played. DeMond, you actually got a message as well that you thought was a really good one. Yeah, this is from my buddy Aaron. He's a big Louisiana guy. I mean, went to LSU, nothing all about Louisiana. But he's not a Saints fan. But that Falcons. He's all about Louisiana, yeah, but he ain't but a Saints fan. fan. Yeah, but, but I mean, no, LSU, he was sending me updates about, like, the baseball, you know, because they won the College yeah. World Series. So, you know, he's a big LSU hey, guy. Hey, you know what? It's good to be LSU these days, yeah, right? The, the women just won the national championship. The men's baseball team did it again. Yeah, it's good to be LSU. That athletic director, he knows how to pick them. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, buddy. But he said, not even a Saints fan, but after the Falcons and Saints game, after Katrina, that was huge. 
And everybody remembers uh, Steve Gleason, him running back that punt return and him becoming a hero and everything that he's went through with ALS, the battle, where it's just that that's the perfect sports moment because that was a moment that really just shocked the country. You know, everyone was just, man, Katrina is something we've never seen before. We haven't seen it since. How big were the Saints? Yes. When they won the, 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 the Lombardi. Right after Drew Brees, Katrina, yes. right? Drew Brees. I mean, look, he was he's Drew Brees does no wrong ever in New Orleans. I mean, that was a moment where I, I believe the whole country was rooting for him to win. Yeah, with Drew Brees, where I just want to say where the quarterback that he was, where he was the guy who was cast off by the Chargers. Yeah. And for him to basically he's coming in the same time uplifting that city while he's trying to revive his career. That's that's a special bond. Yep. Where it's just, hey, this is a guy who, hey, he's probably feeling down on himself, but he's picking up that city, what he means to that city. Like you said, Drew Brees, he's the king of New Orleans for the rest of the time down there. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And there's and I sure if we could think about it, if we sat here long enough and really thought about it, there's plenty of teams that have had stuff going on with them and then you see them go on to, to play really well or even go win a championship and you're like, Man, that's not my team, but I sure am happy for them. Right? Just because you know how much it means. It's, it's it means so much more than just winning a championship. Uh, a text from the 707. Speaking of that Brett Favre game, you may recall that he actually got a standing ovation during the pregame introduction, and this was in Oakland. There's no doubt about that. Great text from the 707. And, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, again, watching that, that Monday night football game, I was at my house, and like I said, I was angry because the Raiders lost that game, but I knew just how much that meant and, and the emotions, and, and that's why it was like if there's going to be a game that there's going to be an L, that'll be the L to take. I'm trying to think if there was another – Another game or another team performance that was really monumental, like the Saints when they won after Katrina. That was that was so huge. Um, trying to think, this is not good. Yeah, I know that's one of the biggest not ones. So it's going to be hard to try. try. To on the fly. Yeah, it's, and it's hard to find <laughs> something that could even top that because that's like the biggest one. Right. No, that was that was uh, that was monstrous. So there you go. You keep that feedback coming. We like that six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Don't be broke. com text line. Of course, the phone line seven zero two three six five. 9200. Now, let's go ahead and jump into Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Well, we talked at great length yesterday about NFL players that were going to be suspended due to gambling and how there are so many questions behind it, and nobody really knew what was going to go on. Well, uh, you know, we knew, we knew that there was going to be suspensions. We knew that some of the players were going to come out and say, I... Didn't have any idea why I got suspended, but we didn't know what names they were going to be, how big they were going to be, if they were going to be stars, if not. And, well, the names have already started to roll out. We knew about Isaiah Rogers of the Colts, but now it's been Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry of the Colts. Uh, and both of those guys have actually been released from their respective teams uh, following the suspensions. And then Demetrius Taylor has also been suspended definitely through the conclusion of the 2023 season for betting on NFL games in 2022. And think about this, Damon. Like, you know, I, I said, in, and I was very passionate about, you know, guys not knowing the rules and just making a mistake, and, and, and that was going to be a valid excuse for some of them. Isaiah Rodgers does not have any excuse at all. Colts cornerback Isaiah Rodgers won a $1,000 bet on his own team last season. It was a prop bet on the over-under on rushing yards by a Colts running back. Serious? Yeah, that's a bad look right there. Yes, exactly. I mean, come on. And what's worse about that is the majority of his bets were in the $25 to $50 range, but this one was $1,000. So did he know something ahead of the time that made him bet that much money? When most of his bets, again, were 25 to 50 bucks, he decided, eh, I'm going to go ahead and up my ante a little bit to a stack. 
I'm gonna give him a thousand dollars and bet that my guy is gonna uh, is gonna get the the rushing yards. Is gonna have the uh, the prop bet on the over under on rushing yards. I'm sure he took the under as well. You know why? Jonathan Taylor was hurt a lot last season. So I'm thinking, I, you know, it's like, oh, the Pete Rose thing, I only bet on us to win. Right. If it's saying, uh, does it say if it was the over or the under? Because I think it would have no, been. it just said over under. It didn't say if it was Jonathan Taylor or who it was. But, but he just said it was a prop bet uh, to, on the over under on rushing yards by a Colts running back. Me me doing the thinking there. I think he's taking the under. Jonathan Taylor's been hurt a lot. I'm going to take the under. I mean, it doesn't matter what, what right. he did the over. But no, I, you're right. No, but it's like, but for you to go $1,000. Yep. Yeah, that that that. And then if you normally just it, look, man. Yeah, I'm not a big better. I'm not right. I might Same. bet something very little, and like I said, I I'll get I'll go into the casino and I'll I'll put a hundred bucks in a in a machine and hope for the best. Once it's gone, it's gone. Fine. If all of a sudden you see me go and drop some kind of big amount of money on anything, trust and believe something's wrong. Trust and believe I know something that I probably shouldn't know, right? Because that's just not my that's not my my bag. I don't do that. So if you're betting normally 25 to 50 bucks and then you decide that you're going to feel froggy enough to bet a stack, $1,000, come on, man. You've got to know something. So that goes back to the rules. And we'll talk to Joe Fortenbaugh about this about 410 uh, after he gets off his show, uh, Daily Wager on ESPN, good friend of the show. He'll join us at 410 to talk about this. But it goes back to the number four rule on this list. Don't share team inside information. Clearly – Clearly, my man Isaiah Rogers had some team inside information. So uh, we'll get up to date on all that. But the names are starting to roll out. Guys are starting to get suspended. Uh, and, and they've got to be able to tighten up the hatches when it comes to gambling and, and, and what's going on because it's, it's not going anywhere. The NFL makes too much money. So they've got to, at some point, either these players have to say, all right, we ain't touching it at all, or they better know exactly what the rules are, fall into a T, or they're going to get suspended for at least a season, and that's going to cost them a whole lot of money. I got one more uh, little nugget that I want to bring before we uh, go back to the phone lines, and this is Cam Robinson, Jags offensive tackle, suspended four games for PEDs, which is going to cost them $3.5 million uh, at least this year. But more importantly, it probably just cost him the starting left tackle spot. They already had drafted a guy in the first round, Anton Harrison, first-round pick, so – you kind of see on that the writing's already on the wall that they're leaning towards, hey, we need some young blood in here at the offensive line, and this guy's going to compete in training camp being a few weeks away from training camp. But now that you're suspended for the first four games, guess who the attention's going to go to? 100% squarely on. Like, look, you were probably out already of that position, but now you're really out of that position. All the attention is going to be on getting this rookie up to speed to protect Trevor Lawrence's backside or blindside, right? I mean, that's, that's the thing about it. Like, you have just not only set yourself up for failure – by missing four games and, and missing out on the money, but you probably cost yourself your job. Maybe, maybe he's a situational uh, rotational piece, like a depth piece at most now, but it looks like the, the, the writing was already on the wall, and he basically sealed the deal on his own job by getting suspended for PEDs. And that's, again, something that a lot of times you hear the players come out and say, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know, didn't know I was on the ban list. Those are the things that you have to you have to be sure that you know before you do it. And that's going back to the last suspensions. We're talking about gambling. Again, if you're going to do it, if you feel like you, you should be doing that, you better know exactly what you can do and what you can't do, where you can do it and where you can't do it, or else you're going to end up suspended as well. Now, uh, before we go to the phone lines, I do have a couple nuggets on guys that aren't getting suspended, aren't losing money, but are making money. Devontae Parker for the New England Patriots, wide receiver, he – 
got a contract extension, three years, $33 million. Remember, he was the guy that got picked up uh, after his stint in Miami was done. Uh, New England goes ahead and picks him up, so they give him a nice little extension, $14 million in guarantees, and, of course, got some uh, per-game roster bonuses. Also, New England stayed busy and, and continued to – uh, get guys contract extensions. They sign linebacker Jawan Bentley. They have a new contract extension, two years, $18.75 million, $9 million fully guaranteed. So another starter locked up for the future. So the Patriots are extending some of their guys. This is the time of year to do it. After mandatory minicamps over, OTAs are over, and before training camp gets started, that if you are eligible for an extension, a lot of times this is when it's going to get done. Of course, we're paying attention to what's going on with Josh Jacobs and his potential contract extension. Of course, we're watching until July 17th to see if they get that long-term deal done. And the final note I have for you is for a guy that I, I pull for. And I don't pull for him because I think he's the best player in the NFL. I just, I, I just appreciate the dude, and that's Deron Harmon. Got to know him last year, uh, safety for the Raiders. He's uh, obviously played for the Patriots. He played for the Falcons as well. Only with the Raiders so far one year. Maybe he comes back at some point. Who knows? I'm actually surprised that they didn't re-sign him. Uh, played alongside him in that uh, celebrity basketball game not too long ago, and his, his plan – as he told me, was to return to the Raiders. So I thought that they were going to bring him back, but they did go out and draft a safety in Chris Smith. They obviously have safety help already, so maybe they're waiting to see uh, what those guys have before they go out and bring back a veteran that they know they don't really need to give training camp. He's going to be ready to go when time comes. But according to uh, multiple reports out there, former Raiders and Patriots star safety Deron Harmon is drawing significant interest from several teams, but he plans to make a decision on his best fit until when training camp opens up. So what I think is going to happen is I think that he's hoping and kind of holding out as well that the Raiders, you know, give him a call and say, hey, let's let's uh, let's reunite and make this thing happen. But he's he's got some interest. There's some teams out there that want Jerron Harmon, but they're, uh, he, he's going to wait until about training camp to see what, what the best fit for him. Personally, I think the best fit, since he's already been in the scheme for a year and, and has worked with Patrick Graham before, would be to return to the Silver and Black. But – you know, if they don't bring him back and they think that the youth can uh, can get it done, then they then that's who they're going to roll with, right? And, of course, it's a business, but uh, he's, a, he's a good dude. We've had him on the show before, talking to him in the locker room, on and off the record. He's just a really good dude. You could tell that, you know, family means a lot to him. Remember when he got that pick six against the Texans and he pointed at his wife and family while he was returning that ball? And he was like, and they said, how would you know where they were at? He's like, I know where my family's at at every game. <laughs> yeah. I, I know exactly where they're sitting. So he's a good dude, man. So I definitely root for Deron Harmon. Yeah, he's just a pro. He's one of those guys where every team should want a Deron Harmon right. in their locker room. And I'm glad that you bring about this report because I didn't want it to be, oh, they don't think he's good enough to come back. So right. I'm glad that like teams are interested. And, you know, he's just going to wait it out because he's a vet, you know, waiting for the training camp. Because I was like, he's still got something, right? Yep. He's still got some gas left in the tank. Yep. So I was thinking, it's like, it don't make no sense that a team hasn't signed him. But I'm, it's good to see that report that, hey, teams are interested, though. He's yeah. just taking his time. There's no doubt. And it's funny, I, I asked uh, Dave Ziegler, matter of fact, I asked Josh McDaniels as well about Chris Smith. And both guys said that uh, he's basically a young Deron Harmon, right? He might not... He might not test the best when it comes to just, you know, running a 40 or, you know, jumping the highest or benching the most, whatever the combine drills are, you know, the underwear Olympics, we like to call them. He might not do that the best, but he just knows how to play ball. He's a football player, knows where to be, uh, studies film, great teammate. He's reliable. You know exactly what you're going to get from him. Uh, you, you know, you can count on him. So uh, that's and, and Dave Ziegler on that Raider roundtable that JT, Eric Allen, and myself did said straight up, like, hey, saying that he's – uh, a young Jerron Harmon is a is a big time compliment to both guys, Jerron Harmon and Chris Smith. 
right? It just shows what kind, like you said, Jerron Harmon's a pro's pro, and Chris Smith is a guy that has the potential to be that same dude. He's got a lot of traits like Jerron Harmon. So that's what I got for you, cover three NFL news and notes of the day. You want to take a quick break, or what do you, or do you want me to just roll into a couple calls? Yeah, we can take a break. If you're, if you're waiting on hold, just stay there. All right, there you go. You heard the man. Hold on. We'll be right with you. Don't worry. We're going to take a quick break, come back, get you some of your calls, get to some of these texts as we close out hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Raider Eddie in Denver hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187 keyword r And I don't know if this is because I tried to put this out of my memory. I tried to forget about this. I didn't want to have that recall of it. I don't know. But Raider Eddie in Denver brought up uh, one that I can't believe that I let slip my mind. He said, didn't the Patriots win the Super Bowl after 9-11? Wasn't that sort of patriotic win in the wake of that tragedy? Maybe I'm misremembering that. Again, that's Raider Eddie in Denver. And as I thought about it, as I read that, I was like, yeah, they sure did. As a matter of fact, we also remember that one because that was, that was the tuck rule year, right? I mean, am I, am I mis- misremembering that? Isn't that the tuck rule year? 100% because that's the year this, the Patriots won that Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. That was the tuck rule year. And I remember as angry as I was at, you know, 9-11 happening, I remember saying that specifically, like, of course the league wanted them to win that year because of what had happened. Now, I was a lot younger at that point, so I had a lot more something-something in my neck, and I was a little, you know, might not have been – you know, it was it was it was a bad it was a bad day for me that day. I love the way fans can draw the conspiracy however they want it. Man, the I league didn't want us to win because of this. Thing. I had it. I'm telling you, I told anyone who would listen that that was what was happening. But yeah, that's that's yeah, and and so when I'm talking about didn't the team win something like yeah that that did, and then the a the A's they lost to the Yankees in what was it the ALCS I believe, mm-hmm. and they were up two zero. And all of a sudden, the Yankees come storming back. Now, the Yankees lost the World Series, and I'm glad you pulled that up because I couldn't remember if they won the World Series or lost it. They ended up losing, but they they came back from two de- two games down. I remember that Derek Jeter play at the plate. That made me angry. But, yeah, so there you go. There's a bunch of them. So, Raider Eddie, thank you for jogging my memory there. I definitely appreciate you. And, of course, that's one, like I said, probably one to get out of my brain anyway at 702-365-9200. Let's – Talk to Ryan right here in Vegas. Welcome to the show, Ryan. What's on your mind? Yo, Ryan. Ryan said, just kidding, Q. All right, how about Mad Dog Raider? Mad Dog, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. What's, What's up, up guys? Dog? How are you? Um, Fantastic. I just want to say you guys are awesome. Listen to you guys every day. You guys get me through my day at work, and it's a first-time caller. I guess I'm a new booty. New booty. Appreciate you. So what are those games you're talking about that brought people together and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. What about the one the one when Al Davis died and we we played the Texans and, and Man. Huff. Yeah, you know, we had ten men on the ten men on the field and Huff. Yes. He got the interception. And, you know, yes. I mean I'm at the bar I'm at the bar loving that I'm I'm hugging total strangers. Yes. Wearing, wearing different you know, different team shirts. They were happy about that. That brought people together. Yes, yes, it did, Mad Dog. Hey, man, don't don't make that the last call. That was great stuff. And yes, how could I forget that one? That's another really good one. I remember exactly where I was when I found out that Al Davis passed. I remember I was living in Central Texas and I had just woke up and turned on NFL Network because I'm sick like that. And all of a sudden, I see at the bottom of the screen, you know, 
uh, Raider owner Al Davis has passed away, and I'm like, oh, man, it's almost like someone stole my puppy dog from me, right? I'm, I look like uh, Eddie Murphy in Boomerang when he looked down and saw homegirl's uh, toes were all jacked up, and he just kind of had that look like, oh, oh, what the world? Like, I, I, I look terrible. I was, I was in a bad state. Stayed on the couch all day watching NFL Network, all the tributes to Al Davis, and then the Raiders win that game against Houston. As he said, with 10 guys on the field, Matt Schaub probably could have ran it in himself for a touchdown and throws the ball, and, Matt, and Michael, Michael Huff comes up with the interception in the end zone to win. And I remember Hugh Jackson on the sideline dropping to a knee immediately and in tears and emotional. Oh, man, yeah, that's a great one. Mad Dog, fantastic call, man. Thank you so much for that. We do appreciate you. Tomorrow we got uh, our guy Ryan back. Did he get? Did, did we get him back? Yeah, uh, Ryan's going to have to call back. Okay, all right. I thought, I thought we got Ryan back. No worries, no worries. Ryan, hit us back if you got a minute, man. 702-365-9200. How about Rob in Oakland? Over the last 20 years, the Raiders have caused distress to my ego, pride, mood, and liver. The Warriors' success over the last 10 years has helped me deal with it. About 10 years ago, my family and I went through a series of hardships over six months that could have been catastrophic. Luckily, we pulled through. While recovering emotionally, Sports Talk Radio gave me escape I needed to relax my brain and my nerves. I think it still does. Thank you all for sharing parts of your lives today. That's Rob in Oakland. And again, that's what I'm talking about. And Rob, it's always great when Rob texts in. He always has really good uh, feedback for us. And that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about right there. You know, we think that we're doing a show where we think we're going to our job. We think we're doing this and that and the other, and we have no idea how much we're affecting someone's life. And so when I find out that something can help, you know, a show like this or any show, you know, anyone's show can help someone get through their day and, and get their mind off of whatever terrible is going on, that, that, that's like warm to my heart because I realize that it's bigger than than just what I might think it is. Like, I have a good plan going into every show. I never go into a show without an idea and a plan. I never do. But the plan is like, it's not like I'm going to touch someone's heart today. You know what I mean? It's it's never that. It's just I'm going to go out there and do the best I can. That's it. But when you find out later how much it really means to people and how much, you know, the, the show or maybe a segment or maybe an interview Right. I mean, we had what Patrick Walker on Memorial Day weekend. We had him on talking about his podcast that had to do with mental health. We had him on and so many people reached out was like, man, thanks for that interview. I needed that. Right. That helped. And so a lot of times and I learned this from David Smoke uh, and he's I always say I'm from the David Smoke tree. He, he's always taught me and he always taught me the one thing that I, I really took away was whatever you do, try to make try to make that show memorable. Try to have a, a moment in that show where someone's like, man, I needed that. Like, don't always just focus on X's and O's and W's and L's and, you know, this stat or that stat. Or, you know, try to make a difference, you know, each and every day if you can. And so, again, I don't know if we make differences, but when we get the feedback that we're making differences, it, 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 it's, it, it makes me feel like we did what we're supposed to do. So, Rob, thanks so much for that. We do appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Who's up next, Damon? Ron in Oregon. Ron, give me something good. Oh, Ron from Oregon, what's on your mind? Today? Fantastic. Yeah, that I like your subject. Uh, I got, uh, back in 2000, um, my son was killed. And uh, the way the Raiders came about with all of us, that we, all, we were always solid Raider fans, my son, myself, and my friends, and all of us. He was killed in, uh, at the beginning of October of uh, 2000. And what helped us get through that whole thing, after his funeral, we all got together and a Raider game was the next day. So my friends, um, Eric's friends, uh, my son's friends, and we all got together 
for the Raider game, and we we all said a prayer for him and 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 asked him to let let, let the Raiders win. And from that time on, every Sunday, all of us got together. That was a day to re, re, give give some love back to my son and be and the Raiders got us through all that through that whole thing and that's when when they finally went back to the playoffs and won the um, AFC West if I remember right mm-hmm. so that's how they helped it helped us out with the Raiders and and everything that took place for us because it became a uh, a ritual that year and it helped all of us get through that. I have so, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I had, I had, it's a good subject. I love it. And uh, tell all Raider fans out there, don't worry about Jimmy G and stop with the injury stuff because every quarterback in the league, league usually gets one, maybe two games a year he can't play. All so, right. Yeah, all right. Well, have a good day. All right, you too, brother. Thank you for the call. Thank you for sharing your story. We definitely appreciate you. Again, Ron in Oregon, a uh, frequent caller of the show. We, Like I said, definitely appreciate him. Appreciate everyone's feedback, man. And also appreciate everyone having the courage to share their stories because every story is not, you know, it's not a, a rainbow and puppy dog story. Again, this is why sports gets you through these stories. Sometimes you just need a friend to, to talk it out with. Sometimes you need a friend that's willing to listen to you or someone who – you know, is, is a friendly voice, someone that you recognize. And, uh, again, man, it's just when, when I saw what happened last night and when I found out the backstory with Domingo Herman, I mean, everything really came together. And, you know, going to Ron's point, you know, when you talking about the Raider game being the next day and he prayed for the Raiders to win, you know, in honor of his son. And I, I already shared the story of my son. I mean, I, I do that for his birthday every year. His birthday is September 19th. I always say it's always a Raider game is right around that. That's Kimani's game. I, hashtag Kimani's game. That's that's just what it is. I'll do a podcast about it. That's that's what I'll do. I promise you. And for the most part, for the, a couple of them, the Raiders were winning them. They lost the last one, but they were, you know, and that matter of fact, the last one, I thought they were going to win that one too, and that ended up being the Cardinals game, the letdown, right? I was, man, I was in Nelly and performed. It's getting hot in here. You know, I got family and friends texting me like, man, Kimani's game look like it's going great. I was like, yeah, man, it's great, man. Kimani's up there. He's up there celebrating. He's, you know, dancing because that's what he would do. And, well, we all know how the game ended. I was like, damn. <laughs> you know, like, man, that, just missed one, right? But, I mean, that was that was the thing about it. Like, that was that was that day, right? So, September 19th, I always, I always reflect on that date. Because that's like I said, his birthday, and, and I always say that's, that's the the Kimani's game. It's just it just is, uh, and of course you know the the date that he passed, I always you know reminisce on as well, uh, January twenty second. So uh, it's 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 always it's something, man. And I feel like we always can go to to that subject, or we can go to that sport, or we could do you know what we got to do to kind of you know take our mind off of whatever could be troubling us at least for a few hours and you know at the end of this show at five o'clock if someone walks away from the radio is like man i feel better about whatever's going on in my life then you know what damn it then that was a great show and, and i'm proud about what we do 355 is the time we'll come back kick off hour number three of the show we'll hear from you plus we'll hear from head coach josh mcdaniels haven't heard from him yet we'll do that next here on red nation radio 920